Yasmin, and today I'm joined by Iman. Um, we're going to go over some games um, that happened between uh, the last episode and today. Uh, we're recording prior to um, the matchup tonight at 9 p.m. versus the Kings, so we're sorry if <laughs> if the entire thing is dated by then. But um, firstly, I want to say happy International Women's Day. Um, I kind of I was watching the LA games earlier today, and it was cool how they were kind of highlighting um, female coaches around the league. Um, Katie, our fellow host of Dishes and Dimes, wrote a really cool article on um, the Mavs coach. Um, that was um, do you remember the story? Like she was hired when she was pregnant, and it was kind of like uh, people thought that the Mavs organization was kind of saving face because of kind of accusations within their organization. But it was really cool for Katie to get her perspective um, and her own words, um, words from Jenny. So it was really cool. And I suggest everyone read that. Really well written as well. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Everyone subscribe to Basketball Feelings. It's a great newsletter. Um, Also, a recent piece by Sean Woodley, um, where he kind of goes within the 905 and he um, checks out uh, the women within that organization as well from um, coaching and uh, journalists and Kelsey's featured in that one so it's a good read as well um, so, so to get into uh, the games over the last week um, the Raptors had matchups versus the Nuggets the Suns and the Warriors um, the Nuggets matchup was pretty interesting because they had literally no centers to match up with arguably the best center in the NBA. Um, it's it's, it's kind of like putting uh, Rondé on Embiid. It's just kind of strange. Uh, uh, what tried. do you think of that? Rondé, Rondé played his heart out. He tried. Okay. Um, I it, was, it was so funny because like I, um, I was actually editing last week's episode while the game was happening. And so I had it on in the background and I saw that screenshot that Will Lou posted and I just thought it was like the funniest thing in it. And Raptor fans were, of course, like it was a three game losing streak. They were yeah. like going crazy and everything. But it's like, what did you expect playing Jokic? <laughs> like, he's yeah, like probably for- the best center, at least in the regular season in the NBA. And you have nobody. And yeah, that photo for those wondering, it's basically an image of Jokic in the paint near the basket with like five Raptors. I'm not kidding, the entire like, roster on the court surrounding him. There some bench guys thrown at him too. <laughs> like, it was, oh my yeah. God. Yeah, we were robbed of a matchup with Gasol. That would have been awesome because last season, I think, I believe it was JV matched up with Jokic. So to have um, a similar... Um, I always called Gasol like old Jokic <laughs> because they're so similar. It would have been, we were robbed of a really awesome matchup, but um, it was a tough game. Um, uh, what is, did uh, Siakam had a tough night, um, you know, lack of spacing on the floor without having yeah. his um, center to kind of give him that space. So he kept being met with double teams and triple teams. And yeah, it was hard to watch because I think it was a game people were looking forward to. So um, and then right after they had a matchup with the Suns in Phoenix, you know, um, just an arena full of Raptors fans, which was pretty cool. It's so crazy. 
crazy to watch that because you think about where Phoenix is just geographically compared and the same thing with like Golden State and on the next game it's just so crazy to see how many Raptor fans were out yeah yeah I, I, I remember like I pondered that on the timeline and people were like yeah like uh for people in western Canada it's like their Florida a lot of people yeah. just go there that's so crazy. Uh, and a lot of Canadian companies, yeah. A lot of Canadian companies apparently located in Phoenix, so that was surprising. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they also didn't have a center to deal with Aiton, but they started um, OG Ananobi <laughs> as center that game, uh, and he was phenomenal. Like, his defense on fives, it's kind of something um, fans have been wondering so about. Long. He's just, it's like, it's insane just how strong he is. No matter who you put him on, he just can't, you can't move him. Yeah, yeah, he has such a strong base, and then you pair that with a really long wingspan, and, like, mm -hmm. he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with centers. Like, if you look at um, his matchup numbers just throughout the whole season versus the centers and when he's matched up with them, they don't even attempt shot. Like, shots, I think that's, like, a really good sign of a defender when players don't even attempt looks when yeah. you're on them. Like, they'll have, like, they went 0 of 3, so they your, your star center only took three shots. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's telling. It's just a testament to how... Um, other players already know that this guy is an awesome defender. I shouldn't really try mm -hmm. anything. Let me pass out of it. <laughs> I think it was Nate so, Duncan who said um, who said that he would pick OG Ananobi out of like any perimeter defender right now to guard a guy one on one. And when you have like he picked OG out of anyone in the league as his one perimeter defender to guard a guy one on one, and that guy can also just play against one of the most offensively talented centers in the league as well. And the whole yeah. it's just his versatility is incredible. Yeah, uh, this should be just an OG appreciation <laughs> um, episode because he's been amazing. Um, it, it, when I when I say that, I'm gonna go put a scarf on right now. Give me one sec <laughs> in his honor. <laughs> um, the, what's awesome about him is that like it, he's not only taking kind of an offensive leap where he's trying new things and he's showing definite growth. Like I kid you not, he is a premier perimeter defender. Like he's so good. He has basically the capabilities of a Kawhi, meaning that he can body up like elite offensive players, make mm -hmm. them uncomfortable, get in their space. And he also has like such fluid movement and quick feet. And he's like more energetic. Like he'll like for those who didn't know, like during last season, Kawhi would take breaks from defense because he was so required to exert his energy on offense whilst um, ensuring that he wasn't worn down during the regular season. Like he obviously ev elevated his game in the postseason and oh, it almost killed him <laughs> during that Eastern yeah. Conference final. <laughs> like his leg was done. Whereas oh, OG is yeah. so young and he's so agile and he's so healthy. Like he has few issues with his knees and his ankles and stuff. That's so, knocking on all kinds of wood because this Raptors team has just been so brittle. Oh, yeah, exactly. So um, he's just been so phenomenal. And I love watching him on defense. He's and playing with Gasol has been so good for him. Like, yeah, it's so, it's, and I'm like, I really want Gasol to come back, like mainly just so I can like gush over OG. <laughs> yeah, he's playing tonight. That's what yeah. I saw online. Yeah, he's playing tonight. But he's just Oh, I didn't know. Um, that. Yeah, he's coming off the bench. He has a minutes restriction. But um, Mark, just having that IQ around such a young, promising defender is so good for his development. Like, you could tell the difference between when OG is on the court with um, Gasol and when he's on the court with Serge. You know, Gasol's holding OG accountable. He's always communicating with him. Um, even though Serge has done, like, everything you can ask from him. He's playing, like, just... Oh, Serge has been phenomenal. He's been... Yeah, great. he's playing to the top of his capability. Like, he's giving you his best basketball, his best offensive basketball, sorry, right now. Yeah. Um, 
And that's like the most you can ask for him from him while we're missing um, Gasol's offensive abilities and passing in, you know. So, um, yeah, OG has been so good. Um, he was so good during the Warriors game, too. Like, he's just if, been my favorite. OG, I have to say, like, I know that he's just been my favorite Raptor this season. Like, outside of Kyle Lowry, which, of course, is always going to be my favorite Raptor. But mm-hmm. I think I'm surprised. Like, I don't know if he, like, constantly surprises you with just, like, I like it was very similar to Pascal in his first year uh the, the jump to the next year we were like he can do that offensively like wait he just put the ball on the floor and like he just he's so quick in the way that he gets to the basket and like his cutting you're just like he has that wait his range is that far like he can shoot that and like I feel like I'm doing that every day with OG Ananobi as well and it's just crazy to watch like a jump that he's making offensively that I just didn't know he was capable of shown a leap definitely it gives yeah it gives me that feeling from watching um uh pascal last season where you're like oh this is something because his floor is already so high like he's already an elite three and d player (laughs) that's an awesome baseline exactly yeah and it was crazy because like coming out of like university or college but whatever americans say um wasn't it like he didn't he wasn't a great shooter and that was like the knock on him and i just i don't know i thought the first year was just like Oh, you know, just Landry Field had a great first year shooting from deep. But, like, that's not it with OG. Like, he's legitimately a much better offensive player than I um, than I ever expected reading anything about him coming in. Yeah, like, coming out of school, he, his the knock on him was that his um, shot was, like, un, like streaky. Um, and it, right now he's shooting, I think he's shooting, like, above 37%, like, closer to 38%. Um, which is like exact like that's gonna get him paid just playing defense and hitting threes and the fact that he can do even more than that like we can see it in him we're seeing him put the ball on the floor we're seeing him make smart passes like his, his yeah. baseline his floor is so high already um so that's been awesome um so yeah during that game versus the warriors he was doing everything you wanted him to do he was playing amazing defense he was hitting his threes like it's just perfect like if he plays if he has like just plays how he's been doing all season in the playoffs that's all you could ever ask from him and it's just fine it's it's it raises the the ceiling and the floor for the team um so uh yeah and then you had the game versus the warriors um the other day first game back of course that was gonna be the Raptors game of course (laughs) of course you can't tell me it wasn't planned our first matchup of the season then he comes yeah like I had people (laughs) saying that for like a month out being like do you think he's gonna return on that game yes yes I do think he'll return for that game (laughs) predicting it for weeks and then it happens (laughs) like of course just the way our luck is set up anyways yeah no player like instills fear in me like Curry because the thing with Curry is that he can kind of like there's no laws to his offense <laughs> they're like basic basketball laws don't really apply to him he can literally do anything so yeah. so yeah he so when he has the ball where i was like if this was anybody else in the world they would get pulled and like i think it, I, oh god I, I wish i can remember where exactly it was but i think i like turned to like my mom and been like no one else is allowed to do that like there's not a on I always say, I always say, he reminds me of like Terry Rozier, but like everything goes in. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> the like, confidence of Terry Rozier, but good. <laughs> yeah, like his shot selection is so just it's stupid. psychotic. It's bad. It's, it's so just, bad, but like it goes in. It's not bad yeah. basketball for him because it goes in. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's it's terrible. Yeah. So like no. Uh, 
any other player, like the coach would be like, like get him off the floor. You know what I mean? Bench this guy. But it goes in for granted. It's ridiculous. And it's disrespectful. It's disrespectful, Stephen Curry. Stop doing it. But yeah, that game was fun. Um, Not only that, but like Kyle replicated his stat line from game six of the final. How crazy is that? I was hoping that's not intentional. Like 26-10? Yeah. You can't tell me that's not intentional. Like, he purposely did that. Yeah, he was just like, get the ball one last time, being like, I'm, I'm missing this free throw on purpose. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, you cannot tell me, it. like, he, he got his shots in the beginning, and then he kind of took a back seat when he yeah. knew that they were going to win this. Like, you can't tell me he didn't try to mimic <laughs> that line. Like, he suddenly stopped getting rebounds and passing after he matched it. But, yeah, that... I, I retweeted that, and then Marie Holloway, uh, Kyle Lowry's mom was even, was just like, wow, <laughs> like, surprised by that, too. No, that, that was hilarious. And then yeah. not only that, but, like, Pascal was having a bad game, right? And then literally the last minute, like, it was a – I think it was, like, almost a tie game. I think the Raptors were only maybe up two. He takes the ball, and then he just does whatever he wants for a couple of possessions. And I tweeted that. I'm like, so he was goofing off all game. And then when it was on the line, he was like, okay. He's like, all right, let me, let me let's get to business right now. That's all I love, like – Throughout the whole season, like, he has these moments in the end of games where he's just like, okay, give, like, I love the fact that he wants it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. hundred counts. Like, sometimes we're like, oh, he shouldn't be passive. He should take all the shots. He should make sure he makes his, he um, has his 20 shots a game. But, like, the fact that during the last two minutes when his when team it comes down to it. When he, yeah, exactly. When he, when he, he has the biggest mismatch on any given night. Like, mm-hmm. he's too quick for fours. He's too, um, He's too quick, sorry, for fives. Like, you can't guard him with a center because he can shoot. You can't guard him with, like, the, and the, the fact that they force switches for him. Like, I tweeted this um, the that night where I, I think it was the day after, where I said that um, they don't force switches for Pascal all game. Like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but for other players, for Kawhi, for Jason Tatum, right. they're forcing switches for these guys all game. The, well, yeah. Uh, yeah, so their teammates are constantly saying, hey, let me get this smaller guy on you. Like, they're constantly doing that. For yeah. Them. Whereas Pascal is kind of being forced to friggin' post up on Giannis and, like, like doing things that I'm, I'm positive won't be applied I'm... to the playoffs. But right. when the game is on the line at the end of the day, no, I remember you. I remember you tweeting that. I was gonna ask because I think a lot it's of people a are worried, and it, it is it is kind of when we talk about the the evil genius of Nick Nurse and just putting his players in positions in the regular season where you're like they're failing at this. What are you doing? Like, what is this lineup that's happening? But it's like there's there's reason behind the madness. I don't know how else to to word that, but I remember yeah. like he's he's smart enough to know that this is a productive play. So he's right. saving it for when the game is on the line so they can win it and they can have good um a, have a good place in the standings. But the fact that he's not pulling it out throughout the game and just rinsing it and putting um uh the guards the the players that getting are passed out the yeah, getting that, and that he's, saving, for yeah, he's saving it for when it matters but right. throughout the game he wants Pascal to be uncomfortable he wants Test him to have to exactly deal with these big bodies deal with these double teams deal I with these I think he does the same thing with rotations too um I remember last year just being like why why is why is surgeon with this lineup it does not work like what are you doing there's no spacing here and it was come playoff time we were like oh true it was to yeah. see how this okay yeah uh during that Sixers series I was like okay this makes sense now I I see yeah. why we were all yelling in the regular season it's because Nick Nurse had the long plan and we were all dumb and worried about the game and uh, <laughs> we're like what is this guy doing like I game. remember during the regular season those double big lineups with Surge yeah, and like, was, it was, it, why, like, why are they together 
whatever else that was the one that i was thinking of right now where it's just like what are you doing playing the soul and surge like we know that this isn't like or there was a uh, one lineup i think it was like the Okay, this is a lineup that I hated and I do like this year, but it was the Fred Van Vliet, Norman Val, Sergi Baca trio. And I was like, this this gets killed. This gets killed every night. Like, I don't know if people remember, but Fred did not have a great last season. And I just thought the spacing with, with Norm, who is a great shooter and actually had a really good three-point shooting year last year. I don't know what I was on. But um, I, I remember it just like coming to fruition in the playoffs and you were like, okay, Nick Nurse had the Everything's coming plan. together. It's like he took everything that he tried during the regular season and yeah. looked at the analytics and said, "Let me come, like, let me create the perfect uh, rotations. Let me create the right. perfect lineups and like, that will test the best guys and put them, put them in a situation where it was like, okay, yeah, you're failing at this now, but you're learning how to. Okay, you know what, Pascal? Yeah, there's a double at you. Let's learn. Let's learn to make the right reads. Let's learn to make the right passes and like react to it properly. Um, exactly. Yeah, and, and, it, and it came to fruition when when we needed it to. So I trust Nick Nurse with everything." Um, Me too. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, like, point. And what's interesting is that, like, w- with Pascal, like, he's shown the capacity to get better. You know what I mean? He's right. shown that when he hits a ceiling, he can break through it. Right. When he reaches his, like, the zenith of his capabilities, he can get to another level. He can use the, like, there was a time, I know a lot of new fans don't realize this, but there was a time where this guy was shooting 22% from three on significant attempts you know he what was, i mean like yeah like if he was great because of he was fast and if he would just exactly. leak out and in transition he would get a basket there if it wasn't a basket in transition with pascal leaking out he was not going to score it was not exactly. going to happen in his yeah first we saw how um they guarded him in the uh second round with mm-hmm. Embiid just kind of just roaming in the paint basically and people were like oh why doesn't he shoot why doesn't he shoot because he literally doesn't have that ability right now you know what i mean his Mm -hmm. only ability is being walled off uh and then now you see that he reached a point where he has a three that you have to respect you can't put him on him anymore and if you do growth is like it's it's amazing because he starts hitting these corner threes and you're like oh he can hit a corner three and then he starts hitting threes above the break and you're like oh there's nothing this man can't do exactly like Like, next thing you know what we're gonna see from like the logo (laughs) yeah like we're gonna see this six nine guy doing like friggin step backs like he's already you know (laughs) yo he has that in his game already already like i've noticed did you see it lately (laughs) like once a game he whips out a step back because they always put their slow guys on him yeah so he's like you know what if you're gonna go under the screen let me just go back like you're gonna give me like three feet of space let me just back it's actually crazy to just watch the 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 growth in his game these last few years has been insane. And people were putting that on OG in the beginning of the year where they were like, you know, OG should be able to take this growth. OG should be able to take the step. And I was like, you guys are no, insane. Yeah. What Pascal did, no one else can replicate. And he hasn't replicated it, but he's been damn near close. Like what he's been able to do has exceeded my expectations in his own right. Like, I'm not saying he's a superstar. I'm not saying he's MIP um, this year, but the growth that he's taken is yeah. still just massive. And to think of like two young guys coming in, um, late first round picks and doing what they've been able to do is just, is, is incredible. It's like ridiculous. I always say like, if you show 2017 me clips of him from this season, like what he's doing, his handle, his um, everything, like he's averaging 3.5 assists. He's hitting 36% of his threes, like above league average. He's doing all of these things and he's our max player. I'd be like, what? He's doing that as the guy. Yeah, and, and you have to trust it. Like, 
people have seen it as the guy. His first season as yeah, the guy. Like, right. it's wild. And when you think about just the playoffs last year, going like the, the, the defenders that he had on him, when you think about some of the best defenders in the league, and these are guys that, like, we, we talk about Pascal really there's it's so hard to guard him and we mentioned that but the guys that he saw like Jonathan Isaac has that same build where he's <laughs> he he to play for year, not too long for him right like you and then uh, and beat is just this massive guy who is like who did a, a great job on Pascal Siakam, like give credit where credit's due. And then you have Giannis and you have, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Draymond Green, who's like multiple time defender, uh, defensive player of the year. I would what say Pascal that, like, was able to do is just phenomenal. He went through like a gauntlet of defense players. Like the, the caliber like literally so. the best players to guard him as well. Like you just have to throw in a bam, which I'm sure he's gonna just with our luck gonna get this year. Oh <laughs> like an God. Anthony Davis in the finals, and that's it. Like who? Like those are the guys that you're gonna name when and they're all in our conference. The best course. chance. Yeah, all these guys are in our conference. Like that's just how it had to pan out for us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but anything better than the West. Let's just face it, guys. Yeah. Like no, I <laughs> totally believe that. Yeah. The 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 east has like five legitimate contending teams you mm-hmm. know what i mean whereas in the west it's like yeah it's the la teams <laughs> that's yeah, it, that's it. Basically. um so anyways um yeah that's those were the games that we saw um throughout this week uh, anything else that you saw that was interesting nothing that comes to mind right now for me no um we could talk about gasol coming back um so so anyways, um, so yeah, tonight we have a matchup with um, the Sacramento Kings um, where Gasol's finally going to be back. Yes. Um, and like, it's it's so hard to explain to other people who like don't watch the team regularly. Like they see Mark's stats, they're like, oh, he can shoot the three, shooting about 40% on significant attempts. He's um, he's averaging like nine points and six rebounds. Like it doesn't look signif- significant, sorry. Mm-hmm. But he's like the connective tissue of the whole team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. he's so important. He's like Draymond. I, you know how Draymond had like was what six points a game or something like the other season? Right. But it's like but the glue of the team. No one would deny. Yeah, he he was the brain of the team, and no one would deny yeah. the importance of you know his 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 um hockey assist. He was an all star. Yeah. Exactly. So and then um people don't realize that that's what Gasol Gasol is for this team. Like. Um, they don't realize that his, I think he's averaging 3.5 assists or something. Like, those, like, split cuts that he does, those finding cutters, um, running the bench units, like, it's That's so important. That's why OG and Norm play so well alongside him. Yeah, because right? they're just running around, and they know, like, they have the same mind. Like, even Pat McCaw is productive when you're <laughs> Gasol, you know what I mean? I love that that's like, that's like the baseline where it's like, no, it's, a it's a testament. To <laughs> it's a testament to Gasol's, yeah. uh, Gasol's that's the barometer if someone's great to play with. Um, no, but like 100%, and I, I tried to like say this very quickly on the last episode where the Raptors were the 20, were 22nd in three-point percentage in the NBA prior to the Gasol trade last season. And then once oh, yeah. we traded for Gasol, they were first in the NBA. And I think that that is a testament to how important he is to this team's offense, not just with his floor spacing, but the passing out there, right? Like, he, he'll he draw. Of course, we needed him. We saw how important he was in that Bucks series when you're drawing Brooke Lopez out of the paint. I mean, you think back to that Bucks game and how no Raptor wanted to go inside. Yeah. Um, having a center like Gasol just drawing that, um, drawing the... Um, 
it the, ruins their defense. out there. It ruins their defense for the Bucks because, like, it, it their does. whole thing is packing the paint and having um, Brooke Lopez and Giannis roaming in the paint to right. deter people from getting yeah, in like, there. Giannis had high. so many free had, had so many like free looks, like just great looks. Yeah, from he, he couldn't capitalize on that. Um, and I, I think on a normal day, I think that was just like a completely off night for him. And it, yes, he was sick. But um, he would be able to capitalize off of that. But Marcus Soule, the floor spacing he provides, not just with his shooting, but with his passing, what that does to this team's offense is just incredible. I think he's, I think like fans who pay attention recognize how important he is to this team. Yeah. And it's also like with uh, the zone, de- with like with zone defenses, sorry. Um, he's, <laughs> he's like, the zone Buster. Right, yeah, no, 100%. He's, he's yeah. like the worst player. He's the worst player to use his zone against because he's an elite passer. He can mm-hmm. um, he can hit those mid-ranges, the floaters. Like, he can find open shooters. Like, I'm so excited to see how he works in a series versus Miami and versus Boston. Right? Wait, you know, he's a zone buster because he can hit those mid-range shots. My brain just tried to imagine him doing it, and I just imagined him pumping <laughs> and passing it out. Like, my brain was like him hitting a shot. Nope, I, I couldn't do it. And, and the thing is, like, what's so funny is that when he initially got injured earlier this year with the hamstring injury, when he came back, he was making everything. Yes. Like, he just looked so rested, and his yeah. knees looked fresh. To start fresh, the like, year, really he well. just looked drained. Like, to start the year, you were just like, okay, yes, Raptors played till June. Then he, and he won that. And then, you know, his team, Spain won in, in the summer. And you're like, this guy has had no rest. And he came in, and you were like, this is a 34-year-old man he looks so no rest, and he looked <laughs> exactly like a 34 year old man who need, who has no rest like he needed a nap he needed like a blanket and a pillow on the bench i was so glad like i never want to say i'm glad that someone got hurt <laughs> but i am glad he took it's that rest. Break. it's rest yeah. i firmly believe this recent hamstring uh pull is not as serious as they're making it out to be and it's just an excuse to rest him some more just to not I risk it though because yeah because timetable really scared me where they were just like you know eight to ten games and i'm like they're like, yeah, it's not half of a season left, but it's still They're a significant like, no, really. amount of time. Yeah, they know how important he is, like, versus Embiid, versus, um, you know, just the killing Bucks. the... Yeah, versus the Bucks, <laughs> Killing the, uh, Celtics, uh, the Celtics. Like, they have no big... Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So important. Yeah, so um, that's something to look out for. I can't wait to, wait to watch him um, play today. Um, moving on to... Did you watch the LA games today, earlier today? No, I was out today. Okay, so the LA games. Um... Oh, but the Celtics lost, so we can enjoy that. Did they? Like yeah, they oh, lost. That's so great. I know. <laughs> they lost by a point. I, I, I wish I watched the ending but... of that. Oh, I have. I, I paused it at two minutes and forty one. Oh, that's seconds. smart. I just like oh. just closed the feed. <laughs> no, no, I paused it, so I'm just staring at my screen at like Stephen Adams' face right now. Um, uh, what do you call it? So no, that's great separation for the Raptors. And if they win tonight, that's what uh, three games separated. Oh my god! I just saw the ending. What happened? I'm not ruining it for you. Okay, actually, don't. <laughs> you were well, I know they lost. But um, oh yeah, sorry, sorry, I ruined that. But like, still okay, watch the okay. ending because that's exciting. Great news. <laughs> great news. Podcasting. Yeah. Uh, we should just live tweet us watching this. Anyways, um, everyone's gonna so, know what happened. <laughs> it's a day late. Right. Um, so today versus the LA teams played right. So the um, Clippers lost significantly. They lost by double digits, um, and LeBron was freaking phenomenal. Right. So this is a daily. What do you call it? This is a dish. This is a dish. 
We're in our dish. Exactly. So basically it was the worst time for LeBron to heat up and for Giannis to get injured. (laughs) Because this is the MVP race. This is when narratives are starting to be built. So despite the fact that Giannis has been having a historic season where he's averaging like friggin' 43 points per game per 36 and he's playing his best basketball it doesn't matter because this is the worst time to be injured lebron is playing his best basketball getting freaking 30 point triple doubles um and he has all of these media plants (laughs) so it's not helping Giannis's case Um, so like la they they, i remember that whenever there was a game people say like people would be like oh no this is a sure thing for Giannis. he's absolutely winning Perhaps unanimously, and then now I'm seeing like the narratives being placed that no, this oh, is he's LeBron. not gonna win it. Yeah, he Giannis will not win it unanimously, not against LeBron. Look, exactly. I don't know if you saw this, but there was uh, on Twitter there was this Milwaukee Bucks fan uh, post where he did a like um uh what is it called um a bracket where you get to vote for um who is worse to Milwaukee oh, Bucks fan, like who's a bigger villain? Yeah, and he had Doris Burke on there, and I was like. What the hell has ever done? Like, I was so confused. I was like, I didn't know that there was a single person who hated Doris Burke. But apparently, she's, like, driving the LeBron James's MVP narrative. And I didn't realize that, like, that is a huge thing where they had a bunch of, like, ESPN, um, ESPN anchors and commentators and just media people oh, yeah. on yeah, the bracket because there's a huge LeBron James push narrative. Yeah, and not only – it's not even just um, – saying LeBron needs to win. They're just trying to plant it in people's heads, like, oh, yeah. it's not that clear cut, you know, LeBron. And they always bring up his age, like he's 35. I think it's making people feel as though if he doesn't win this season, he may never win it again. Right. You know what I mean? And LeBron is such a huge part of people's basketball fandom, his bas- their basketball lives, because he's been such a staple for the last almost two decades. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, it sucks for Giannis, because he's been playing almost flawless basketball this yeah. season. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's his team is on a historic pace their numbers are nonsensical like they don't make any sense their defensive rating like they're three points better or something than the raptors and the raptors are number two you know i mean the gap between one and two is bigger between like the gap between one and two is bigger apparently than like uh two and 14 or something (laughs) you know what i mean that's insane Um, i mean lopez is also just a huge reason for that yeah he 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 should get an all the defense team oh yeah like he's phenomenal this season. Three point shooting has been garbage. Oh yeah, yeah. Three point shooting has been garbage this season. But I think on the that, defensive like, end, pardon? But, but on the defensive end, he's, he's the defensive end. Oh my goodness, yeah, he's, he's gonna be a problem. Yeah, they're gonna have to figure him out. Um, like, I felt like I was being suffocated in that, like watching the Raptors Bucks game, where I was like, he's he's just like no one is driving, no one is attacking. He yeah. is such a suffocating presence, and I I felt that for them. Yeah, you need a center. You need a center hitting threes to get him out of there. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, do you um, think LeBron? Do, how close do you think the the race is right now? I think it's like a. It's approaching sixty forty territory. Where it's wow! 60-40. So you think that there's a chance that LeBron James can overtake him before the end? Of yeah. The year? To me, it's the clear cut favorite for um, Giannis. But the fact that uh, LeBron has had these statement wins mm-hmm. against the Bucks, where he completely just dominated versus um the Clippers where he also dominated um against Kawhi like these performances that he's stringing together while Giannis is going to be out it can be detrimental to Giannis's case you know what I mean 
I'm not saying it'll be right, but I can totally see the narrative being gaining enough steam to kind of flip it for LeBron. You know what I mean? So that would be unfortunate <laughs> for him. Because I mean, we've heard LeBron in the past, right? Like narratives have, have killed him when he went to Miami and oh, Derrick yeah. Rose. Um, Derrick Rose won an MVP. Like that probably should have been between LeBron and, and or Dwight. But you know, so narratives have killed him in the past, and I think winning exactly. last season hurt. It hurts Giannis's chances this year. I think if this was his first MVP, it would have been a oh, yeah. dumb deal. Yeah. But the fact that he just won it, voter, voters get fatigued very easily. And, of course, being in L.A. and the Lakers being good again and that being because of LeBron James is going to bring him so much. Um, yeah, and it's um, I, I feel like that fuels it, too, where people feel like LeBron has been robbed before. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're not going to allow it to happen again. And, you know, Giannis, you already won yours. They're going to have to let this guy get his this year. And you know like, what I mean? He's 25. Like, everyone's like, yeah. you, know, you have, like, time. LeBron James, who knows? But, but I think at the, end of, like, at the end of the day, when the season is over and Giannis's team has that many more wins than LeBron's team, because it will be significant. You're right, yeah. I think it's going to be hard to vote for LeBron over Giannis, especially when LeBron has AD next to him. That, that's what I'm saying. Chris Middleton, who, like, <laughs> had 12 <laughs> points on, on, on 5 of 19 shooting tonight, just to put things in perspective. Like, I love how Chris Middleton slander is so, like, just unprovoked. Like, that's just how I, like, Listen, I feel the exact same way. You can where it's like Middleton's 5 of 19 and look at the per 36 on that and it's still gonna just be 26% like, from the, Giannis, <laughs> from, from the floor. Giannis is not there. He's supposed to be dominating. Do you remember how Pascal yeah. would perform when Kawhi would sit? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, he was no, nuclear. Wait, hold on. Giannis was out there today. Am I looking at the wrong game? I think you are. Like, he was... Oh, he, I'm looking at Friday! <laughs> Shit! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, his 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 MVP's out. Like you're supposed to be showing people why you're an all star, why you're a 50, 40, 90 guy. You know what I mean? Oh, Chris no. had a huge game tonight. Never mind. Scratch all of that. Can you what cut all of that out? <laughs> Shit. Chris, I'm looking for any excuse to slander Middleton. <laughs> oh man. Okay, my bad. I was looking at the Lakers uh Bucks game that lets you oh, know. Oh yeah, that he, I was, he was he was he was terrible in that one. He, he had like twelve. Terrible points. in that. Okay. Uh might have to cut that part out. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, he was bad. Uh, no, he, he had forty points. He had thirty nine points. Did he win? No, uh they lost to the Suns. Okay. But he, I feel like I was going through different games. Oh my bad. I was flipping through. Um, I'm not cutting that out. <laughs> Just, I'm leaving that Middleton slander for no reason. Poor guy. Well, anyways, Middleton, that happened against the Lakers. You were great tonight against the Suns. The Suns are also one of the worst teams um, in the a NBA. Team we beat, a team we beat with no centers, mind you. So <laughs> <laughs> they have the number one overall pick as their center. Oh, my God. Got dominated by okay. Rondé. <laughs> um. So, should we move on to the mailbag? We have a couple questions um, uh, that we wanted to address. So, the first question. The first question is, who, who's a player that you slandered? Isn't that one? Oh, <laughs> two birds, one stone. <laughs> Unprovoked Chris Middleton, who um, apparently had a great game today, but your team still lost against the Suns. So it was really that great, Chris. Christian. I was about to call you Christopher. Um, and and then Eric Bledsoe. And really anyone on the Bucks not named Giannis. I will let Brooke Lopez for his game one against the Raptors slide because that was that was fun. 
and um George Hill because George Hill has killed the Raptors in the past but any other any other buck um I feel that way about Paul George like I, I don't know why mm, I, I I like that one too Someone, someone said that he was like an overpaid Terrence Ross, and I can't see, <laughs> I can't unsee it because they move the same. You know what That's I mean? actually so funny. They're like so slinky, and they just spam threes. Like they just annoy. Like his style of play just like it annoys me. And the fact that he might get carried to a ring is just uh, keeps me up at night, man. <laughs> uh, when I I became like such a George Hill support, I mean George Hill, Paul George supporter in that same playoffs where I'm. I'm, I'm bigging up George Hill for against the Raptors and like he was he like I was just like this is a superstar this is what they have that we do not have uh and then I realized you know playing against DeMar DeRozan uh for seven games will do that to you that's what I always Um, say like whenever whenever I look at how a player performed in the east um during the last um um significant portion of the decade I'm always like the Raptors best player was DeMar DeRozan (laughs) What did like, you really yeah, accomplish? Like, Joe Ingles put the the Paul George hype to rest. Like if, if oh Joe Ingles can make you look like a child, uh, can make you look like Terrence Ross out there, then then that's it. Joe Ingles is nice. Yeah, he's good. I love Joe Ingles. Me too. <laughs> from The Office can do that to you. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> um. So next question, since we answered this one. So that sorry that question that we just answered was from Jasper at underscore Jasper Wong. And from Terrence Davis, the second fan account at Six Dog, she asks, assuming you had predictions on how the season would be, what is one thing that has surprised and or disappointed you so far? Or I'll go first. No worries. Uh, so something that has disappointed me so far, I think, was just the, the lack of health for this team. I really don't know that we we get to see everything that the Raptors have because everybody's been so injured and it it sucks because this could really be the last year that everyone's together and I hope that they can all be healthy at least to make a run in the playoffs and just to see what this team has because I think the ceiling can be very high we just have no idea and then one thing that surprised me I think we talked about it it's just the growth of OG where I thought expectations were too high on him to start the year and I was really nervous that him not living up to those expectations would just make him the punching bag for the Toronto Raptors. And that hasn't been the case because he's been so good. And yes, he has some down moments, um, but he's just been so much fun to watch. And then, of course, just the growth of Norman Powell. Like, I don't know where this from Norm has been. Uh, He went from being a guy who can get you 26 points on one night and then zero points on another night. And yes, let's talk about Norm. Let's talk and about Norm. And I wanted him to be a 16 points a game guy, and him being like, "No, you know what? I'll be that 26 point a game guy he's every so day." He's so good. He's so his he's his so bag. Good. Oh my god, he can do anything. He like can do honestly, anything. he's no longer like a minus on defense. And the fact that he has he can he can hit layups from literally every angle of the uh, rim. He can honestly, finish with either hand. I keep talking about that Bucks game, but I was just like, we need, we need, a, we need Norm. Oh my God. Yeah. Like he can, he can cut through defenses yeah. in a way that I haven't seen for this team. Yeah. Like just the, and he can finish with either hand. He's, yeah. um, his handle has tightened. Remember when he used to get just stripped every time he's in the paint? 
Yeah, his handle is so much tighter. Yeah, like, and just his ability to just And his cut. shooting is just so much more reliable. Like, he's always been a streaky shooter. Yeah. I think he, like, the, the cutting ability is something that you expect from Norm. He's young, he's athletic, he's fast. Like, he's he's just so fast with the ball. It's fun he's to so watch. Athletic. He's also just fast without, and he just, like, you, you trust his cutting. You trust his ability to do that because of his athleticism. But um, the three-point shooting has always been streaky, and it's just been there. Yeah, I think it's a thing now. Like, last season, he yeah. was hitting uh, 40% on smaller attempts. I think it was around yeah. two and a half. And then this season, he's hitting more. I think he's hitting something like four um, on great percentages. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think it's also 40%. And he gets so high up that he can yeah. come off screens now. Like, he didn't have that before. He's coming off of tight screens. Like, yeah. he's freaking JJ Redick or something. It's, it's bit, like, he's been so much fun to watch. And, yeah, his cutting is just something where, where I know I keep thinking about that Bucks game because I'm just thinking about what this team would look like in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Having his cutting, having someone who's, like, not scared to drive, and it's probably because the Raptors start two undersized point guards. They start mm-hmm. two guys who are, like, under six feet tall that when I watch Norm, it's like a breath of fresh air to have a guard who can cut and yeah. who can finish and who can get to the basket and you're not scared of it. And like the Bucks give a lot of give a lot of mid-range shots open. And I'm gonna be honest, there are very few guys that I trust like Apparently he's, he's more than Norm and more I mean less than Norman and Norm can shoot the three. Like I, I don't expect Norm to be taking a lot of those, but if we need a guy to be able to do that, he's kind of been that guy. And we're talking yeah, like about we were, like I, sorry, go no, ahead. No no your point. Yeah I was I, I swear the first episode you were talking about, like, who's that wing scorer? Yes, like, that's exactly what I was going to say right now. Like, yeah, who's like, that guy with the face of game? Who's our wing scorer? Who can get us a basket? It's him. Yeah, like, when you need a quick basket and the defenses are suffocating and Pascal can't get to his reliable, you know, right hand in the, in the paint, like, we were always wondering, like, who's that reliable wing scorer that can do it? And he's so overqualified to come off the bench, but just to have that punch... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That that can't be mimicked in the East. There's no East team that has a player of Norm's caliber. I think Norm up. should start. Like I, I've been very clear oh, about that. Like, me too. Year. It's weird because I totally understand as well why uh, Fred starts as well mm-hmm. because he's he's a he's a guard. He has the handle. He's a great defender, elite defender. Yeah. Um. So I I understand why. Uh, Nick Nurse likes to have as much ball handling and shooting and IQ around Pascal to start a game. But mm-hmm. do you remember how, like, with Danny Green, um, Fred would start the second half of games in the finals? Like, I can't yeah. see us reaching a point in the right. in the um, in the East playoffs where Norm can be starting second halves. You know what right. I mean? If there's matchup that's just more favorable, if he's killing Milwaukee or if he's just carving up the Celtics, I could totally see him starting yeah, in some think- portions or playing more minutes. You know what I mean? For sure. Uh, yeah, I think what Nurse has shown us is that he's not going to be tied to anything. When you have literally, like, uh, Danny's not having a great a great finals, and, and Fred has just put the clamps on Stephen Curry to make that switch in the finals to do something yeah. like that. Like, Nick Nurse is not going to be scared of anything, and, and I trust him with where Norman Powell falls in, in that starting lineup. Yeah. Um, and no, yeah, he's just been a revelation this season. Like, he completely changes, like, the ceiling and the... Uh, of the ceiling and the expectations of the team, but also he just adds like another wrinkle to the offense. Like we always talk about how um, Gasol adds a dimension to the offense. So does uh, Fred. I mean, so does Norm. Because when you have our top scorers, Kyle and um, Pascal, like we've seen that if they're having off nights, which is bound to happen um, to even the best players, you have that security 
dirty blanket. Just as we I have the have Sergeant Kyle pick like, He didn't, he, like, last season, when it we was, so thin. like, we best so lineups. Thin. Hmm? We were so thin last season. Like, Fred yeah. and Norm were playing terrible together at some yeah, point. Yeah, they, they were terrible together. Like, when we had those bench lineups, I was like, well, here's the thing. Like, you, you're putting the – you're trusting Norm to be the offense. Because, like, the, the, we went from having bench mob, which had Pascal Siakam and, and, and Fred Van Vliet, and they were absolutely phenomenal together. And then you take Pascal out of that, and Norm is the guy that's supposed to be generating the offense with the bench last year, and that went – terribly yeah that's why not good to yeah and it's just oh my gosh the warriors game was interesting because he was on the floor with um og pat mccaw um ronde just a bunch of guys who can't really create for themselves they were running everything through him and it worked yeah it worked he got what 37 points like they ran everything for him like he's just him and Serge are so overqualified to come off the bench and they're just so like just great starting caliber players uh but yeah like I was I was saying as a joke like in the future for the Raptors if they open up a couple max slots like they might have to pay Norm if they need to keep him honestly it went from like Norm being the contract that people wanted to shop to being like Wait, wait a second. To give this kid more, yeah. Well, yeah, like people fans were like, how do we get rid of this thing? And now it's like, oh my god, it's such a deal, he's gonna refuse his player option. Like yeah. he's gonna use his player option rather. Like he's gonna wanna get paid more, you know. So Well, uh, anyway. Were you disappointed by this year? Um I think the only one is health. Like this season has yeah. been such a okay. such a just a joyful season above our expectations i find it so hard to just exactly and that's so fun like a team that's what um i was listening to the rights to ricky sanchez podcast and Mm -hmm. they were talking about some article about the levels of sports happiness and they said that the um, the number one form of sports happiness is when your team is surprisingly good and set for the future like that's so fun (laughs) you know what i mean even better when they are coming off of a championship oh oh my goodness (laughs) just adds to the glamour of it all (laughs) so um they they're just amazing this season like playing above expectations Mm -hmm. you know um just having two all-stars what you're saying playing above expectations so alexa says she wants us to do a rant and I, on how wrong so many alleged NBA experts were in their predictions about the Raptors this season. And the Raptors are playing above expectations. So do you have anything to say about that? Um, I think we kind of addressed it. Like, um, It's interesting because a lot of fans um, were like, yeah, this is kind of a development year, but we, they won 59 games with DeMar DeRozan as their best player. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's no knock to DeMar, but he's, like, he's not a superstar caliber player. He's a liability on one end despite being you know a bona fide scorer mm-hmm. so the fact that they're playing so well a lot of times we're like damn the season like our best player is like dominant on both ends you know what i mean and if your player can defend they can never be played off off the floor right you know what i mean like right. they, you're always going to want their presence on the floor and that just adds kind of a um a facet that we never had before or Mm -hmm. like prior to Kawhi you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like our best player has um been somebody that can be played off the floor that you have to not even just the best player like the Raptors put out five guys who can defend like you're not gonna be blown out in 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 any game when you have guys who can defend at every position like say okay never mind I was I was gonna defend uh Patrick McCaw but I'm not gonna make this the hill I die (laughs) (laughs) no no I I know what you mean like when you have um Nick Nurse has said that like 
when your defense is your floor, like you give yourself you give yourself a chance every night, and that's how I feel mm-hmm. about this team. Like yeah. I don't see them being swept. You know what I mean? Like no matter yeah. what. They're always going to have a chance, even if they lose. Like, I've come to terms with the fact that this team could either go to the Eastern Conference Finals and perform an upset, or they can just be knocked out out of the second round. Like, that could totally happen. And who cares? You know, it's a development. It happen because the East is, is just so incredible. Like, the it's East, amazing. The top of the East is very good. I even think, like, if the Raptors happen to fall to the to the three seed and the Sixers happen to be in the six seed. That's just a terrible matchup for the Raptors. Yeah, absolutely. I can't um, really believe that. That can, be, that can be an upset in the first round. I think the very, and like, I, I genuinely believe this team is the second best team in the Eastern conference. And I think because of that, anything short of the conference finals should be considered a, a, a failure of, of a season. I don't think we should remove expectations entirely, but this year has been fun. And to, to the point about how many people were wrong, I, I think a lot of that has to do with people believing that this Raptors team would look very different than they do right now. A lot of people believing that Masai was really just looking towards 2021 and not really caring very much about this year and that Lowry would probably be in Miami or Philly or Los Angeles or somewhere else. Uh, Marcus Gasol as well, Serge Ibaka possibly. And I, I think people thought it would be more of a fire sale and that's why they had the Raptors out. Uh, but that didn't happen. Comfortably, <laughs> and comfortably, are very good. comfortably in second place now with all these significant injuries, oh, all the top oh, players. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, kind of mind-boggling. We have a lot of injuries this year too, which is something I think we overlook when we talk about how how Sorry? many the Celtics. Oh yeah, they've been they've yeah, been the, very the have been, Yeah. Sorry, you're, I can't hear you at that part. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, just say what you were saying about the Celtics. I was saying the, uh, the Celtics, like, we, we talk about how injured the Raptors have been, but I think we all overlook just how injured the Celtics oh, yeah. have been and what they've been doing as well. Like, the Celtics are legitimately a scary team. Yeah, I, that's the series I really want. I think that's a good matchup for the Raptors. Um, just to, you know, I feel like just not having that length that troubles Pascal would be really good for him. I think we're in for yeah. a great series. Um, yeah. For that I think one, Tatum said, you know, there's not a single player that guards him um, very well. There's just one team, and it's the Toronto Raptors. And oh, I think it's, it's like, give me that series, basically. Yeah, like it goes to show, like the Raptors' versatility on the wings, um, just because of so many guys who can who can defend, like we were just saying. Um, but also, yeah, they don't have the size to really guard a guy like Pascal Siakam, and they don't have a center either. <laughs> Yeah, and Lowry just plays insane every time they play versus each other. Like, this season, I think he sees Kemba on him and his mouth starts watering. (laughs) Like, you know, it's just, yeah. So that would be a very good series. I hope that's the second round that we get. It's the second round we deserve. So Um, is that the last question? I believe we have more. Hold on. Uh, Did you want to do the um, thoughts on the NBA's reaction to coronavirus? Do you think games would really be played in empty arenas? And what impact would this have on the players? Um, I think the empty arena thing is just strange. Like, what if it hits significantly during the playoffs? Like, I think they should, honestly, if it feels like, if it escalates to an even more significant threat, they should just postpone the rest of the season, honestly. Like, I guess for monetary value, for um, revenue from TV, you know, deals that they sign to air yeah, these games, they want to air them. I don't think it's like feasible for the NBA to hold off and postpone anything. Yeah, even though they should, if it's that much of a health 
health risk, like why risk the health of players, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, we know that money rules above all. Like, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't do that. Instead, they'd rather have them playing in empty arenas, which just seems silly. Like, that's... It would basically, all games would look like a scrimmage. It would be, yeah, it would, like, I'm trying to imagine what that would sound like. Would it just be, would we have commentary? Could we just hear, like, the squeaks of their basketball shoes <laughs> on the court? Like, how crazy would it be to hear a game or to watch a game that's completely empty? Dave, yeah. before, I hope they just play music. Probably they, enjoy they, that. It, might, it might work if they just blast music. I would That would be kind of cool. <laughs> um, yeah. Just to make it like those L.A. runs that we see during the summer or something. <laughs> Um, and then the last question that I favorited here for today was, was the three-game losing streak overblown in your eyes, or did you see things in those games that could rear its ugly head in the playoffs? I think we touched on this a little bit. I don't know if there's something you wanted to add. Um, yeah, no, I didn't see something too concerning because they were missing um, centers. Um, they were just overcompensating yeah. to guard the, the rim and then having to give up three-pointers, and they just got burned a lot of the time. You know what I mean? Um, I actually loved the Bucks game. Like, the first half was awesome because they were hitting their shots. Um, and not only that, but the defense that OG played on Giannis was amazing. Like, <sighs> that when it comes to Giannis, it's best to have Pascal as a uh, help defender because he does that so well, and it just gives him another long body. But you have to have that strong base. Yeah, like the, the OG Pascal... Has. I, I think that that also helps the Raptors on the offensive end. Just have him as, like, your free safety. I, exactly. It's, I don't it's completely know if I'm using the term right, but, like... Oh, you're right. You're right. Like, okay. Football. I know what you mean. Because you'd okay. rather have him... You'd rather have him kind of just roaming. Roaming around, area. exactly, as opposed to throwing him on, on Giannis. I think... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's overblown to be um to go crazy over the Raptors three game losing streak when your center is sh- shorter than the center that the Rockets are throwing out there. Like yeah. if that's if that's what you're doing, you're you're probably not going to beat uh, Jokic. Yeah, and it's like a loss to the Hornets. I'm not looking into that, you know. Yeah, the Raptors lose to the Hornets all the time. All the time. We went over sure. that in the last episode. I talked for far too long about it. Guaranteed. And, <laughs> and the Bucks, the Bucks are the Bucks, and you're you're missing Mark Gasol, like we talked about, who draws a guy like Brooke Lopez out of the paint and really helps your offense in that way. And then you're missing your best cutter in in Norman Powell, and you're just not them. Be, and and you're probably your best mid range shooter at this point as well in Norman Powell, and you're not going to beat the Bucks without without a center that can draw your guy out and without a, a guard who can who can cut and get to the basket. Yeah. Basically, that's it. I think that covers all of the questions for today. Okay, so thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. Um, We'll cover tonight's game, Sunday night, for the next one, which would either be released um, next weekend or midweek, who knows, because there's like a five-game gap in between Utah and the next game they play on Saturday, which is ridiculous. (laughs) So wow, just out of do with all of that time. Insane. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you guys for tuning in to Dishes and Dimes. I'm Yasmin. And Iman. thank you, Iman, for joining me in today's episode. This was um this was funny. I liked it. <laughs> so, anyways, um, peace out, guys. <laughs>